More Bulls Beat Now. Once again, here's Derek Sharp. We told you about the importance of the tennis match for the men. We spent a lot of time on the men on yesterday's show. It didn't go quite as well. So close, but a tough defeat while the women were victorious. And we'll give you a full rundown on both of those outcomes in a few minutes. But let's start off with golf. It's kind of a Chattanooga golf vibe as the men's team is playing in an event where Chattanooga is blowing it out. And the women are actually in Chattanooga as part of the appropriately named Chattanooga Classic at the Council Fire Golf Club. And through two rounds, Erica Brennan's squad is in sixth place out of 18 teams. SMU running away with this thing is the only top 50 squad in the event. The Mustangs, by the way, have won three tournaments, including their last two. And they, through two rounds, are three under par. Second place, Augusta, is eight over par. Then Xavier at 10. Minnesota 11, Notre Dame 13 over par, and your Bulls at 17 over par, five clear of the closest team. No other American Athletic Conference teams in this event. It's kind of got a wide variety. I see Grand Canyon, which is in Phoenix, and Yale, also future conference team UTSA. As far as the Bulls go, much better round two on Monday than their 12 over par 300 from Sunday. They shot a five over 293 lead by one under par from Leo Medeiros. She holed out for an eagle on the first hole. She actually started on hole 10, so that got her going. She was at three over until she birdied her ninth, the 18th. Then she eagled her next hole and birdied the next. That'll get you going towards under par, which is where she finished. She comes into the day in the top 10 individually. Remember, the Bulls had three players that were tied for 18th after the first round all shooting two over par. One who did not hit that number hit it in her second round. That's Alize Vidal, who is eight over for the full event, but two over with the 74 on Monday. And speaking of improvement, the golfer who, along with Vidal, also hit a team worst, if you want to say it that way, six over par in the first round, improved it to one over par yesterday. And top golfer for the Bulls, Melanie Green, shot three over par, 75, putting her just outside the top 25. This is a pretty important day. No, the Bulls are not likely to catch up on a team that is 20 shots ahead of them and again has won three straight events, SMU, but a top three finish, possibly within range. And right now you're talking about rankings points and the Bulls are on the NCAA tournament bubble. So the better you finish, remember, you don't have to win an event. If there's 18 teams in it and you finish second, technically you went 16 and one. That's how the computers look at it, and of course they also factor in the quality of the opponents. Bulls are definitely a quality squad, and they'll finish that up today. We'll tell you how they do on tomorrow's show. I told you that the men are in South Carolina, an event hosted by Wofford, the Spartanburg, South Carolina Country Club, and the Bulls come into the day in fourth place in a field of 16. Now, unlike the women who are on that NCAA tournament bubble, the Bulls are just trying to get to where they're playing their best golf at the end of the season, which is where we are. And in 36 holes on Monday, very similar rounds of three under par and one under par has them obviously at four under within range of second place, probably not within range of the only top 50 team in this field, Chattanooga. And before we get into the Bulls, and I always try and do a little extra research when I have time, Chattanooga, I noticed was 24 under par I wanted to go to their website and see, you know, where that sort of stacks. And indeed, it is a school record, not only by three for 36-hole performance, but also by an individual, John Houck, for 36 holes. He had a 
nine under 62, follow that up with the four under for an individual lead. But reading the article on the Chattanooga website led me to something that I would not have had any idea. And I tweeted it out this morning. I'll just say their head coach, Blaine Woodruff, is not with the team. Their assistant, Nick Robinson, said this week is about so much more than golf, and I'm really proud of the guys for playing inspired. Um, I won't get into it here, but trust me, if you read the article, you will be cheering for Chattanooga to win this event. I put it out at Derek Sharp. That's D-A-R-E-K-S-H-A-R-P. Western Carolina, again, Chattanooga 24-under. The Catamounts were 11 under par, then Appalachian State at 6 under, and the Bulls at 4 under, two shots up on the host, Wofford. After the first day and going into today's final round, two Bulls are in the top 10, and one is, well, tied for 11th. Jake Peacock and Nino Palmquist, both 3 under par. That's tied for 6th, and then Sam Nicholson is a shot behind them. The best 18-hole card was turned in by Palmquist in his first round, a 4 under 67, where he Finished up with two birdies in his last three holes. The Bulls got a three-under score from Jake Peacock, rounded out with Nicholson's one-under, which included a late eagle, and Chase Gullickson five over par. Round two later Monday, very consistent scores by the Bulls. In fact, two one-unders, an even, and two one-overs. The under-par 70s were turned in by Nicholson and Gullickson. The even was courtesy of Jake Peacock. And I don't know if you know about the golf score in college, but you have a starting five, and your highest score is called the drop score, so it doesn't count. Well, Shuby Jogalon was actually headed for that for a second straight time, and he said, no, not on my watch, by eagling his final hole. So he and Palmquist both ended up one over par. Again, Palmquist and Peacock enter the day three under par, tied for six. And like the team, it's probably going to be tough to catch the Leader, in this case, Halk from Chattanooga is 13-under, but second place possibly for not just some Bulls individuals, but for the team as a whole. We'll tell you how they do on tomorrow's show. We wrap up this show with tennis, and the women's team is now 12-6. and six. Had a seven-match winning streak ended on Saturday by a top-40 squad FIU, but in between that, took down the two Houston-based teams on their home courts. First of all, Friday afternoon against Rice. The Bulls got it done in doubles and on the top three courts in singles. Actually, Rice had briefly gone ahead 3-2 to two by winning the bottom three singles courts. But big victories in tight matches at 2-3, and three, namely Grace Schumacher. You know, foreshadowing, tiebreakers can be very pivotal in a close tennis match. Well, the Bulls won both their pivotal tiebreakers. First, Laura Pellissé at the number three court, 7-6 and 6-4, and then... This was huge. This was the pivotal tiebreaker at number two. Grace Schumacher had lost her first set, was down in the second, forced a tiebreaker, won it, and then rolled in the final match, 6-1. That was a big win, the biggest win of the year rankings-wise for the Bulls. They could have surpassed it by beating 36th-ranked FIU on Saturday, but the Panthers end the Bulls' winning streak at seven. Doubles was hotly contested. It went down to the number one court where... FIU won 7-5. And again, you talk about a close match, 4-1. to one, Sounds like it was all Panthers. Well, the two matches that didn't get finished because FIU clinched it at 4-1, to one, Sierra Berry was 4-all in the third set, and Marta Facetto Font was heading into a third set. But speaking of third sets, FIU's three singles victories all were in third sets, so these were all close. And for that matter, the Bulls' lone victory was in straight sets by Cleona Walsh on the number six court. So the Bulls could have not easily, but definitely won that match 
However, you can turn it around, and Houston would say the same thing about yesterday, but the Bulls get the 4-1 to win. In this case, interesting to see the Spanish combo of Nadia Christians and Marta Facetto Font move up to the number two doubles court, and they won. Actually, the Bulls' top tandem of Schumacher and Barry lost, but the Spaniards on the two court and Ireland semi and Lara Perese on the three court pulled through, meaning the Bulls just had to win three singles matches, and they were getting pushed. In fact, the two that didn't get finished, the top two. Barry was in a tiebreaker in the second set after winning the first, and Schumacher was actually about to win, 7-5-5-1. So a little bit more of a stretch to say Houston had a chance to win this one, but I'm sure the Cougars would say, listen, all we needed was to win that tiebreaker on the one court and to have our number three player win her close second set, but the Bulls' Laura Pelissé won that match 6-3-7-5. Houston's lone win came at number five singles, and it was not close. How about... Cleona Walsh, who we just told you, had the win against FIU, 6-4, 6-love on the sixth court, and the one that actually ended the match. And again, close first set, but easy second set for Falsetto Font, 7-5, 6-2. So, Bulls are 12-6 and six with three matches left. They have two lane, then they go to UCF, and they finish up at home Saturday, April the 15th against Memphis. Big picture, but we'll deliver it quickly. Looks like the Bulls are too far away from the at-large bubble they're probably going to have to beat UCF, which is the top-ranked team in the conference, at some point. If they do it in the regular season, that might up their ranking enough to where they are on that bubble. And if they don't, they'll probably have to do it in the conference tournament. Men's team had a chance with a win yesterday to get right on the bubble. And like we just described, can happen. Tiebreakers did it for Tulane. This was in Tampa on a hot Monday afternoon in a vicious competition. And that's not my words. That's the words of the Tulane head coach, Mark Buras, whose team is the second best in the league. Memphis, which beat the Bulls early this season, is the top AAC men's squad. Their coach said this was a great team win. It was a dead even match all the way around. We're happy with the way our guys kept their heads on a swivel, which is what you have to do when you find yourself in the middle of a vicious fight. Here's how close it was. Tiebreaker decided doubles. The Bulls got a win at the number two court from Alvin Todorica and Eric Avelli, 6-3. They got blown out on the three court, but Bruno Oliveira and Davide Tortoro were right there and lost in a tiebreaker 7-4. Oh, would tiebreakers decide things here. Two matches were relatively straightforward with Tulane winning on the fourth court 6-3, 6-4, but the Bulls' Thomas Pavlikovich-Smith, who had the big clincher the day before against SMU, winning his match 6-3, 6-4. So he had four matches going. They were all tight, and the Bulls had to win three of them against, by the way, a very battle-tested two-lane team, arguably the toughest schedule in the conference. They played all sorts of power conference teams, and so they were used to these type of battles, and they were getting one from the Bulls. But the first tiebreaker that gave Tulane a 3-1 edge came on the two-court. Alvin Todorica lost it. 7-5 to five in his second set. Granted, these were all going to go three sets, and the Bulls were going to have to win three out of the four, so it was a tough task, but it's similar to what they pulled off Sunday against SMU. In fact, they were in a third set on courts one and five. Freshman Elijah Cham forced a third set. Number one, Davide Tortora actually had a third set forced by Finn Kunkler on Tulane's side. So while they were starting their third sets, the Bulls needed Eric Gravelius to win his second set tiebreaker and he lost 7-4, to four, and the match was done at that point. Clearly the Bulls, even though this loss probably knocks them from at-large contention unless they win out up until, say, the conference final, if they do have to win the AAC tournament to get in, they just show that they are right there with one of the best in the conference. Try and get some interviews from tennis for you this week on the program, and golf as well, by the way. 
That'll wrap up this Tuesday version of Bulls Beat. I'll talk to you tonight with baseball. I'm Derek Sharp.